Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. No Hope Radio, the Hope Club podcast. We are ready to go. We're in a series. I like it. It's all about lessons of grace. And we're going to learn something today. We're going to learn that there's a danger zone in life. Ever been in this danger zone? You're going to find out. And you're going to answer it for your own life if you've been in this kind of danger. Because here it is. One of the most dangerous things to do in life is to misplace one's affections. And not only is it dangerous to do, it's very easy to do. Reason being, we all have a built-in need to worship something. So the question is, what is it that I will worship? Today I want to speak about grace and idolatry. No, ladies, not the grace in the dollatry. That may be for another time, but grace and idolatry. <laughs> you see, the Bible tells us that we have a built-in need to worship. And when this desire to worship is misdirected, uh-oh, it brings upon the person the wrath of God. And we're going to see that scripture in Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. That's why we love the Word of God, because it gives us what we need. It gives us directives and warnings and things to help us uh, have a not only a good life, but a good outcome from our life. And don't you want that? Don't you want a good outcome in eternity? Of course you do. And God gave us his word so we can have that. So here it is in Romans 1.18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And this is why they do it. This is why God's wrath comes. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. So there it is. That which is known about God is evident within us. God has has put a revelation of himself inside of us. An awareness of himself in every human being. So then, why don't some people believe? Because it says they suppress the truth. The word suppress means to hold down. So even though God put an awareness in, of himself in all people, there are those that they, they hold it down and they don't let it come to the surface. And how is it God has revealed himself? Well, in verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been, oh, clearly seen. How about that? Clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. So the invisible attributes of God have been clearly seen through the visible world that we're living in. Three things the creation has revealed about God. Number one, 
his invisible attributes, God's qualities, his nature. Like one man said, there is that within man which so catches the meaning of all that is without as to give an instinctive knowledge of God. What does that mean? It means that, come on, it means that that which is within us can see God that is without us, unless you suppress it. God has revealed himself in the world around us. Number two, he's also revealed his eternal power. His eternal power was demonstrated when he brought the material creation into existence. He spoke it into existence, and boom, there it was. We have the science of nature. Photosynthesis, plants release oxygen, evaporation and condensation. Water goes up, water comes down. We have the placement of the sun and the moon. They cannot be in another place or it would not sustain life. We have high tide and low tide, cleanses the oceans. How about life in the seed? That little tiny seed. Plants come from it. Trees come from it. How does that happen? That's all the design of God. That's God's eternal power. Think about it. What is made has come through. What is made that has not been made? Maybe that's how I want to say it. What is made that has not been made? Everything that we have, that we see, that we know has been made. And divine revelation even confirms this in Colossians 1.16. For by him, speaking of Christ, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, probably talking about angels, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Don't leave that part out. For him. He is before all things, that means he's preeminent, and in him all things hold together. Christ holds everything together. Thirdly, what has God revealed about himself? His divine nature, his deity, the sum total of his divine attributes. So God has made himself known through what has been made. We're in the divine design of nature. We're in the sustenance of life. There's a void inside of us that can only be filled by God. So you know what Paul said? Whoever suppresses the truth, they're without excuse. There's no excuse not to know God. And he said in verse 21, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they came They became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So, whatever credibility they wanted to give to God, they, they took it back. They changed it, and they didn't honor him as God. When Paul said that they became futile in their speculations, the word futile, it means foolish. Sometimes it means wicked or idolatrous. You know what David said in Psalm 14? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. 
they are corrupt. They have committed abominable deeds. You see, when you say there is no God, it results in abominable deeds. It does. When you say there is no God, you have no moral compass. So what is it that keeps you on the straight and narrow? What points to what's right and what's wrong if there's no God? Are we creatures of instincts? We're more than that. Created in the image of God, we have intellect. We have creativity. We have the ability to think and evolve in our thinking in the sense of improving what we have today, making it better for tomorrow. I mean, squirrels have been building nests for thousands of years. They haven't changed. But we improve on everything that we make. We've improved on the Model A. We've gone from the Model A to the Ford Mustang to the spaceship. Man continues to improve. Why? Because he has a sense of creativity and intellect mirrored after God. So Paul says, well, these folks that have become foolish in their thinking, they profess to be wise, but they became fools. They say they're smart, but in God's minds, in God's mind, they're foolish. And this is why. This is the outcome of saying there is no God. They exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Folks, this is what sparks the decline of morality. When you exchange the one true God for inanimate images to worship. That sparks the decline of morality. There are two great exchanges in life, two big ones. Number one, man exchanged God for idols. Secondly, Christ exchanged man's sin for his righteousness. So even though people turn to idolatry, Jesus came. And Jesus atoned for those sins. And he offers righteousness to those that would receive it. So today, we have images of worship of man, animals, birds, you name it. It's out there. You know, there's a web, you can go online. There's a website called India Mart. And you can purchase idols. You can buy them. And uh, I remember seeing one there. It was a statue of a Buddha. You know, the big Buddha, right? And it's $105.97. Wow. And you pick, you get this big stone statue and you're like, put it, I don't know, in your yard, in your living room, I don't know, front lawn. I don't know. I've seen them in people's yards. But what really got my attention was a particular customer review. You know, people buy stuff online, then they write reviews about it. And uh, that helps you to decide if you want to buy that or not, right? For me, if it's got good reviews, I might check it out. But if it's got a couple of bad reviews, like I'm done, I don't want that thing. Whatever it happens to be, I don't care what it is. So here's a particular custom review about this Buddha 
for $105.97 that really got my attention. And here's what it said. The happy Buddha came later than expected with lots of packing peanuts. The downside is that a woman over 60 might have a hard time dealing with the weight and placement by herself. The upsides are the following. And here's the part that really got me. Everybody from three-year-old to 72-year-old love him. That's the part that struck me. Everybody loved the Buddha. They didn't see. Wait a minute. Is this something that I should glamorize? Is this something that my heart should go to? You know, let's face it, those that do know God, they will avoid that. But those that don't know God, man, they go right to it. They go right at it. Put it right in the yard next to the birdbath, right? Right in the flower bed. Because they don't know God. And because of this, God did the worst thing that he could do to these people. He turned them over to themselves. You know that's the worst thing God can do? To turn you over to yourself? Why? Because yourself has a sin nature. And when God turns you over to you, you come under the control of your sin nature. And let me tell you something. Your sin nature is not your friend. Oh, your sin nature will try to pamper you and please you and get you to do all these things to convince you that they'll make you happy. And in the end will be regret and remorse. Oh, yes, it will. So here's what it says in verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. The lusts of their hearts, that's their own selfish devices. Lust is that inordinate affection for something. Lust is an affection for something that you shouldn't have. It could be a lust for power. It could be a lust for attention. It could be a lust for a person. It could be lust for some type of gratification. But it's inordinate. It's unrighteous. It's not right. You shouldn't let that particular lust control you. You shouldn't let any lust control you because lust is in an inordinate desire. Okay? So you see, the worst place someone can be is where they do, here it comes, only what they want, when they want, and how they want. I'm being honest with you. That's a bad place to be because I know in my own life I did that and it didn't work out too well. <laughs> Sometimes it was terrible. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm my own person. I'm going to do what I want, when I want, and how I want. Okay, go ahead. And I did. And it was like, oh man, that's a bad idea. <laughs> bad idea all around. Oh yes, it was. So, Listen, this is, this is what we want to see today. Though we have a built-in desire or a built-in uh, awareness and drawing to God, 
It's very easy to suppress it, but that awareness doesn't go away in desire. It's just directed to something else. It's that admiration for other than God, misplaced affections, even to be obsessed. People can be obsessed. I want to give you three areas of idolatry that you may be involved with, but thankfully, there is grace. There is grace. And these areas of idolatry, we're not talking about statues, and we're not talking about material things that you can make. I'm going to show you how we can be obsessed with something, and it becomes an idol. Number one, anxiety. Anxiety can be idolatry. You know why? It's obsession over the future. I'm obsessed with tomorrow or next week or next month. What's going to happen? Will it work out? I don't know. I'm sick. I'm going through a divorce. I'm flunking out of school. My job is laying off. Again, laying off people. And I'm anxious and I'm obsessed with the future. That's idolatry. But you know what God gives? Grace. He gives grace through the words of Christ. If you believe his words, you'll do okay. For instance, Matthew 6, 25, Jesus said, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, or gather into bonds, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? So there is God in the creation. Boom. Romans 1, right? There's the God of creation. And Jesus said in verse 28, Why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil, they don't spin, but they're beautiful. Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? See, he's saying, don't let anxiety control you. Don't be obsessed with anxiety. The Gentiles eagerly seek these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So here's what you do. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will care for itself. And that word worry, what does it mean? To be anxious, to have anxiety. Okay, so that's making an idol out of the future. Now, we can also make an idol out of the past. And you know how we do that? By living in guilt. An obsession over past mistakes. And we become guilty. Remember the Apostle Paul? He sought the removal of a pain from his persecution of the church. And Jesus said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. He, the, the demon didn't wasn't removed that made him guilty which I believe that's what he was doing. But God says, I give you grace for your past sins, and they're covered. And my grace will ward off the guilt from Satan. 
Because when he said, my grace is sufficient, the word sufficient means to put up a barrier or to ward off. So when you receive God's grace, it puts up a barrier against guilt. And guilt can't affect you. And if you let guilt consume you, that's idolatry. You're obsessed with your mistakes from the past. And you're missing the whole point of grace. God gives grace for all of our mistakes. And thirdly, there's another idol we can be obsessed with. This one is called bitterness. And what is bitterness? It's obsession with something in the present. Like Hebrews 12:15 says, "See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God." Because what happens if you do? A root of bitterness will spring up, causing trouble and defile everybody around you. So when the Bible says, see to it that no one comes short of God's grace, the word see to it, or the phrase, it means to beware. Look diligently that you don't fall short of the grace of God. Receive the grace of God that you need for your life. Okay? That's what you need to do. God's grace is there for you. So you might not worship statues or images, but you can be overly affectionate toward your own future with the idol of anxiety. Or you can be overly affectionate with your past with the idol of guilt. Or you can be overly affectionate with your present with the idol of bitterness. You feel bitter right now. And if any of these things are true for you, there is grace for you. The question, will you live in it? And you know what I say, don't punish yourself. And and more than that, don't worship yourself. You know, you worship yourself when you're obsessed with your past or your present or your future. That's self-worship. So now we're suppressing the truth of God and misdirecting our affection. You want to be free? Worship God. Worship God and receive His grace. His grace is sufficient. His grace will put up a barrier and it'll stop the fiery dots of the evil one. Those fiery dots that come in to strip you of your self-worth, to strip you of the life of God, to put you in a place that, you know what, it's not true, or you'll believe a lie about yourself, that you're not forgiven, that you're not loved. Let me tell you, it's the shed blood of Jesus Christ that covered all of our sins. As believers, that's the key right there. As a believer in Christ, you enter into immediate and total forgiveness. And that's why now our worship is directed toward Him. Off self, toward Him. I've been in 
Haiti, and I've been in Togo, West Africa, and I've seen idols. And I've seen people esteem these idols, hoping that they will give them some kind of benefit, and they don't. But when we come in with the gospel and we share Christ, all of a sudden, they come alive. Their countenance brightens. They have a sense of hope. They put the idols away and they, they gravitate toward the, toward the Lord Jesus. And things change. Oh, yes, they do. You know what it does? It changes the whole culture. It really does. It changes their culture. The way they see each other, the way they treat each other. Because that's what Christ will do, won't he? He comes in and he changes our lives. And so, therefore, two things. Number one, understand God's grace. Number two, receive God's grace. And put those idols away, whatever they are. Put them away. They're inanimate. They're dead. They can do nothing for you. Why be consumed with something that adds nothing to your life? Anxiety adds nothing. Guilt adds nothing. Bitterness adds nothing. Why be consumed with any of those things? That doesn't make any sense. Why do that? Why not be consumed with the life giver? And that's the Lord God himself. Let him give you life and come alive and let it be revealed in your countenance and let it be revealed in your perspective and even in your step and your attitude And the way you just want to go through the day, oh, God can change so many things. Let him change the culture of your heart. And that's important because we live life from the heart. And if God can change your heart, I'll tell you what, he'll change your life. Give him the opportunity to do it. tell you what, you know, talking about idolatry, sometimes we think, oh, that's for primitive people. But no, we enter into it as well. And all it does is take us from God. Take us from God. Don't walk into a wall when you can walk through a door. And God is in that door. He's on the other side waiting to welcome you into a new life. Wherever there's sin, there's grace. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Receive that. Whatever you've done and whatever you will do, receive the grace today and let God set you free. I don't know. I like this message. It's on the Hope Club podcast. Check it out. Share it with a friend. People struggle. Somebody's struggling, you know. Tell them. Go to the Hope Club podcast. Listen to the message on grace and idolatry. Hopefully it will set them free.